Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. It's that time of year. We're in the dog days of winter. And if you're feeling the shiveries, you're feeling a little cold inside your house, you know what time it is. It's time to talk to your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert about taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy, but you can also stay warm with windows from Pella that are properly installed the patented Pella way by pros. Pros using windows and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from Energy Star. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. It is back, people. Temperature Tuesdays. You know, an original Runza sandwich combo meal is a great deal every Tuesday. But in the months of January and February, the coldest temperature in Runza land at 6 a.m., is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. You have to take advantage of Temperature Tuesdays, so get out to Runza, and while you're there, tell them your pal Nick Baugh sent you. Okay, it is uh, Sunday, January 10th, and uh, the Creighton Blue Jays are hot right now. Uh, They are 10-2, and and they are coming off – Pretty much what is their two best games of the season from an offensive standpoint. They hung 89 points on Seton Hall, shot almost 60% from the floor, scored 97 points on St. John's without Marcus Zagorowski, who's nursing a hamstring issue. Uh, so, to, I mean, think about that. I mean, you have your preseason conference player of the year, the the most important player on your team, and you, and you beat a conference foe by – you scored 97 points. Pretty impressive. So I, I wanted to reach out to uh, one of my favorite guys, uh, Mitch Ballock, Creighton senior sharpshooter. He's been on the podcast two times, and I wanted to I wanted to get him back on. We've had him at the end of last season. We had him during the off season, but I thought, you know what? Why not right in the middle of the season? Let's talk to Mitch. Let's let's get his perspective on a variety of things. Hey, what's this team? Uh, what is he seeing with this team? What's working? What's uh, what does he think it, the the keys are? But then you know, what's this pandemic been like? From a player's perspective, we get everybody else's perspective, but what's it been like to, to play college basketball when you're getting tested every day, you have to make good social decisions, all those sorts of things. This was, uh, like I said, Mitch has been on the podcast a few times. Uh, I think I think this was our best conversation. He is just a, uh, he's a special dude, man. He's got an, uh, an incredible approach to life and to basketball, so I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's my podcast chat with Creighton Senior Sharpshooter, Mitch Ballock. Well, on the line now, Mitch Ballock, uh, Creighton Senior Sharpshooter, and Mitch, this is your uh, this is your third time on the podcast, so I, I haven't I haven't scared you off yet. I'm, I'm hoping that if we make it four, it'd be impressive. Four times would be pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, that would be pretty impressive. We'll see what we can do, though. You know, see if <laughs> see if I see if I get the call back on on the infamous Nick Ball podcast. So we'll see. Well, look, there, there's a lot to uh, to discuss here. I. Okay, let me start with this. Some of your threes lately have been hilariously long, even for you. Like, is that all you did during the summer is just work on, like, 35-foot bombs? Uh, no, I definitely didn't. I worked – believe it or not, I worked a lot on my 15 uh, – my mid-range <laughs> and different floaters and finishes and stuff, and now I just keep getting further back. So I just kind of – it's ironic because I did not work on any of that. But I mean, every once in a while, it's in workouts, she'll throw it in, and and it is what it is. But yeah, some of them have been ridiculous, and you just kind of have to laugh it off. <laughs> yeah. 
Do, uh, okay, so you said you work on your mid-range, though, but do you ever allot any time in your workout, in all sincerity, to, like, work on, like, a 30-footer? Work on, like... Everybody works on their range, but, like, there's there's range, and then there's, like, the, the area of the floor that you're in that's, like, absurd. Do you ever... In all sincerity, do you work on shots from that far? Uh, Some of them, like... The, a couple lately no not that deep uh but when i pull up like like in the first half i shot one in front of the bench like yeah i work on those all the time just because i mean that's that's a that's a casual one for me i'm uh it's kind of my range that's where it is it, i can shoot two or three feet behind that where i can control it really well and my and my accuracy is good but then when i start getting when i start getting to the end of the game and the one the one at Providence I mean that's those ones are ridiculous and those ones are, are a little bit out of my range and I won't take those unless it's I'm kind of on a heater or I have to kind right. of thing you know yeah I, li- I like the uh I like the one at the end of the St. John's game man I couldn't I was trying to think about what it would have been like to be defending that like you're in a stance you see the shot clocks winding down you you have your man 30 feet from the hoop and he pulls up and he makes it. Like I don't even know what that would feel like. Yeah. So I, it, well, like you, I mean, watching games previously. I mean, I'm never in that situation just because Marcus. You yeah. Know, I have Marcus, and so I'm usually just chilling, hanging out on the wing. So this is the first time I had the ball like in my hands at the like as the primary ball handler at the end, and my thought process was, do I take a turnover because I didn't want to? I didn't want to be that guy. Right. That, you know, right. So then I didn't. I didn't think it would be a bad thing if I shot it. So that was all going through my head in that twenty-five seconds or whatever. So I just decided to get one up and not take the turnover because I had two bad turnovers throughout the game. <laughs> so that was kind of my thought process. I was just like, well, I might as well shoot it then. So got it up and and drilled it. Yeah, it is what, it is what it is. So then I just started laughing. Yeah, I, I did too. I was on the call and I was like, "This is hilarious!" Because he, <laughs> he pulled up, you pulled up and just drilled it. It was a, it was a great where way you, to, to cap it where off. Where you guys, where were you guys at during the game? So I was in Charlotte. So there's two Fox Studios. There's one in Los Angeles, which is where like a lot of the studio, you know, where like Lav and and yeah. Jimmy Jackson, all those guys are. And then there's another one in Charlotte that they do a lot of their NASCAR stuff out of, but they have the ability to call games out of there. So I'm in Charlotte for a lot of January calling games. So I'm literally in this like studio watching the game on the TV screen and calling it off of that. So I was, uh, I was screaming pretty good when you, uh, when, when you launched that deep one, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause like when we're at home, like I don't ever see any of the announcers anywhere, but then when we were on the road at Providence, I saw Donnie Marshall across right. the way. He was at the game. So then I was like, I think it was Donnie Marshall. Right? Yeah, it was. He no, you're right. It. You're right. It was Donnie. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, Mitch. Like right now, I'm not even totally sure what goes into like what games were on site for, what games were not. Right. Like, I, it kind of makes it. It kind of doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. But you know what? Wherever they, where just tell me where I need to be. I'll be there. I'll call the game. That's that's yeah. I like I'm, it. You got to have that energy, man. Yeah. You got to have that mindset going into this year and last year, and that's just what it is. That's what it's become. So, okay, before we get into, like, this team and, and the season so far, I want to kind of back up because there's been kind of about a, maybe a, a month ago or something like that, there's been some talk from, like, Coach K, for example, questioning, like, are we doing the right thing playing right now in the midst of a pandemic? Like, 
how do you see that? I, I, I don't want to influence you here, but I'd have to imagine that like having basketball is huge for your mental health and your, and the rest of your teammates' mental health, given the situation right now. And with the constant testing and, and strict contact tracing and all that stuff, I could make the case that you're arguably safer playing the season right now. I guess, how do you, how do you see all that from a player's perspective? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, Coach K is coming from a good place, and he knows he's – I mean, I I agree with some of his thoughts, and I agree with where his head's at sometimes. Um, but, like, from a personal opinion, like you said, like, I mean, without basketball, I couldn't tell you what the rest of the country or, or even us would be doing, you know. Uh, we'd be in a position where, I mean, we don't really have that thing, that one thing to get ready for, that preparation, that kind of – accountability to kind of keep us on on track and on pace so it'd be it'd be it'd be difficult if there was no basketball and like you said the mental health deal like if there wasn't basketball i mean what would we be doing you know and start to go down rabbit holes and and you start thinking about things that don't matter and, and whatever also i think i mean i think it's it's good that we are playing just because i mean we bring a lot of i talk to Creighton fans alone and, and we bring a lot of joy and excitement to them and, and they have things to look forward to in the midst of what we're going through so I mean when you look at all those things uh all those positives obviously there's negatives to yeah, it sure. but like you said they sure. contact trace they've done their research with the research out there I mean there's not still people don't know what's going on but um we they've done an unbelievable job and we test a lot and like you said we're I would agree that we are safer um, being here because when we go home, we have contact with, with people that we don't normally have contact and we don't know where they've been and what they do. So, and that was a big discussion we had going home for Christmas sure. and everybody was, everybody kind of vowed to stay safe and wear their mask if they're in public and, and just hang around their immediate families. And, and it worked out well for us. Uh, some, some other programs around the country weren't as fortunate, but that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. Right. And that's how it's been for the past, what, 12 months, 10 months, whatever. Year. Right. Almost, a, almost so, coming up on a year. Yeah. Yeah. Almost a year. So, so I think it's, I think it's good just because I think we impact like us playing gives us a platform to impact more things outside of the, outside of the pandemic. You sure. Know? So it puts us in a position to where we can bring joy and bring excitement to a lot of people. And I think that's cool. You know, Mitch, it, you, you brought up something about, you know, kind of like making an a, a, a agreement with each other. Hey, we're going to go home for the holidays, but we're going to be smart on who we're around. We're going to wear our masks and all those things. Like, I, I, it's one thing to kind of, quote unquote, avoid the virus and be smart for yourself in, you know, May and June and July, where it's like, you know, the, if you get infected, yeah, it might impact a few people around you, but it doesn't derail the season or maybe potentially derail the entire team. Like, Talk me through what that's like because, I mean, this is obviously the best social time of your life and what college is a lot about is like getting out, being social, going places, meeting people, but you can't do that. You know, everybody says, hey, man, don't go to that party on Friday night during a normal season, and if you do, really all you're impacting is yourself, but now you could be impacting the whole team if you make a poor social decision. That's got to be a lot of pressure. Like, how hard is this being a a college – student that has to really make good social decisions yeah for sure i mean like you said it 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 impacts everyone and it's not just it's not just you anymore so when you have that when you have that in the back of your mind it i mean you second guess every decision you make you know what i mean you have to kind of be you have to be solid 
uh, you have to be disciplined and it is difficult. It's very difficult. Uh, even, even throughout the fall, I mean, we're going to classes. It, it was pretty normal. We were wearing our masks and, and everything and we were able to socialize with people. But when everybody goes home, it's just us and we're, we're staying, I mean, we're staying in our rooms. We're going to practice We we came back. People are in hotels just to separate and, and it is tough. It's tough to have that social life. And, and like you said, college is that time in your life to really enjoy it and go out and meet new people and build relationships and, and all that. So when you take that piece away from it, you're, the social aspect, is it, it's tough. But I think we have a good group of guys. And, and Mac and Johnny and our assistant coaches are doing they're – do, they're continuing to do a good job of, like, just trying to find things for us, keep us occupied, do things, do things for us, and kind of take care of us, which, right. is, which is huge. And we just have a tight knit group where, I mean, the other day I even hopped on Warzone and played games with with some of my teammates. And, and, <laughs> that and, not normal like, for I, you? Is that not normal yeah, for you? Yeah, like I haven't haven't played Call of Duty or, or video <laughs> games outside of like the GameCube with my roommates in a right. long time. So it was fun. It was fun to play with those guys. And and even when you get in there, I mean, it's a good team bonding thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we're talking. It's a team game. You know, you're in, you're playing as three or four group people and you're trying to beat the other teams and, and you're talking and you're communicating and you're telling them where to go. And it's fun, man. It's like a different, it's, it's, sure. it's like a team's team competition outside of basketball. So it gives us something to kind of take our minds away from reality and just, just hang out and, and be us. And I think they're, we've done a good job so far with the group that we have. I mean, my four years here, I've always, we've always had a tight knit group. And that's big for us, and it helps us stay together and just kind of stay mentally locked in when when everything else is chaos outside. So, so I think we've been good so far. But obviously, everybody's different. Some people, yeah. But I might be a little different than somebody else just because of how we're like how I operate and how my mind works. So, uh, some people struggle a little more, and some people it doesn't bother at all. And, and we just we just try and help help each other and, and be with each other because we're all in this together. How much different are the games with no crowd or, you know, the last couple of home games for you guys, you've had, you know, I think 10% occupancy in, in there. How, how much different are the games with zero people in the stands or just a few thousand people in the stands? Yeah. At the beginning of the years, it was, it was a lot different just because, I mean, we hadn't played a game like that since, I mean, ever, I've never right. played a game with no people. But um, once you get past that and once you find the energy within and kind of bring it from the bench and, and the rest of your teammates, you, you feed off of it. At the end of the day, it's just basketball, you know. So, like, you lock into that competition and everything. All that stuff went out the window. But it really took, I mean, probably two or three games. And then, obviously, we went to KU and right. they had people. And then it's exciting. There's an atmosphere. It was, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. And there was energy in the building. And then you go back to having no fans, and but by then you're adjusted, and and you kind of, you kind of play play the way you know how to play, and the and the way you prepare, uh, with or without the fans now at this point. But then when we got people in CenturyLink, when or, uh, CHI Health, whatever, right? And, yeah, <laughs> I still call it the league, but me too. Whenever, yeah, whenever. <laughs> You probably still call it the. I call whatever. it the Quest Center. It's the Quest Center to yeah, me. I'm like, yeah, I got the game at the Quest Center. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. But yeah, when you when, when we come back home, 
now and since we've been in conference like we come home and, and we have 1500 or 2000 people however many people are in there and it's fun you you, you see some familiar faces and you can kind of interact because I, I like i like that part of the basketball where you can interact with the crowd and it's fun it, it's it's good but then you go to the east coast and then there's no fans at all so then there that's a little adjustment but other than that i mean i think we're pretty acclimated to, sure. to the fact of what we're going to play in front of every every game so it's cool. It, at first, it was really weird, but now it's uh, we're adjusted and it's pretty cool. Okay, so of these three options, what do you miss more from a crowd standpoint? The the roar after you bang a big three, <laughs> the the roar as you dig into a big defensive possession. Like some teams, I always love that. Like here comes the team across half court. You're getting in a stance. The the crowd's starting to roar, or yeah. silencing the crowd on the road. Boom! You hit a hit a three. Silence. Give me what what do, what do you like? What do you miss more of those three? That's that's a good three, man. You've been thinking of that. I have. <laughs> I like, I like, I like the dig in stop. Yeah. Um, I like the dig in stop personally, a little bit. I'll hit on all of them, but I probably like. The, <laughs> I, I like the I like the defensive stop digging in, getting the stop. Um, just because the momentum changes when that happens, you know, you can kind of feel it. Um, and the only way you can get out to that run out three is getting that dig in. There stop. it is. Right, right, that. right. I like that. I like how you're thinking. Yeah. And then you get a, <laughs> then you get a freebie, you know, yeah, you get a, yeah. free, a free bomb coming up, especially <laughs> if you hit one or two of the possession before, then you can, you, you can get to it. Uh, and Max pretty cool. He, he gives us the green light in that, I mean, in that yeah, sense, especially you. Uh, so then, so then. You get a dig and stop. You get the crowd going, and then you just have to keep them going. You know, and then right. you gotta pull a bomb, and whether it goes in or not, <laughs> sometimes, like, sometimes I just throw some heat checks, and it's, it's fun. And and without the crowd, I wouldn't do it. To be completely honest, like <laughs> it makes a difference, <laughs> like, though. Like it, it does. Yeah. Like the crowd, in some ways, makes a difference on those kinds of plays. Like, I, I felt like in that Nebraska game in the first half, there were a couple of moments where it was like, okay, here comes. You guys are going to go on a run, and if the crowd was there, maybe it would have happened, and it took a while, and then obviously the onslaught happened in the second half. But, like, the crowd makes it – I mean, we're talking about, like, the fun aspect of it, but, like, it matters in the games. Oh, it definitely does. And there, it's definitely an advantage, especially when you're playing on the road. But but then that leads to the third point, like, silence in the crowd is high level. Because oh. then – because then – I mean, you hit a huge three down the stretch or you hear like we go on a 10 or run, they call a timeout. And like the only people in the gym you can hear is the other coach yelling at his players and then all five and then the bench meeting us on the court. Like in that fun. Just, yeah, just going crazy. I mean, and just, that's what you hear in the building. And right. The crowd's just like sick, you know? Yeah. So so like. I don't know, but I'd definitely say the dig and stop just because it, it leads to everything else. That's and right. Change, it's, it's a momentum changer. I, I think the combination of one of my favorite things in basketball is the dig in, the dig in stop. Here comes the crowd. You, you have, you know, I mean, you just, you, you blow up their set, you're communicating, you get the board, you're off and running. And you know, like then, the, then there's that like build up to like, Oh, if, if someone bangs a shot here, here it comes, like just that that whole like sixty seconds of the roar and the tension for the next roar is just like I miss it so much. Oh yeah, yeah, that's high level stuff, man. Like when when we played DePaul the first uh, last year at home, yes. the first the first four minutes of that second half. I mean, just 
ridiculous. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and we were and we were doing it all, getting stops, hitting shots, dunking. It was right. crazy. It's nuts. Um, I I wrote that question for the record. That was my favorite question I wrote down. So I I mean I feel like we've peaked early. I don't know if we're gonna be yeah. able to. Uh, we'll try to. Yeah, as long as, as long as you got a peak in some point, you True. know you got to right. You can't a, just be, you can't just be steady all the way throughout. <laughs> no, absolutely, I uh. So you know we've I wanted to get back into this because we've talked about this on on my podcast before, but your mindset and your unselfishness. Like I was actually I was texting Coach McDermott two days ago, and he was just gushing over you, just back and like just gushing over you, saying he's never he's never coached anyone quite like you from an unselfishness standpoint, like just gushing. And I, I was, and it was after the Seton Hall game where he only took two shots. And I was think, I was thinking, and I don't want you to be bashful here. I want you to be honest. Okay. I, I was thinking about you and 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 kind of just what what Coach McDermott was talking about. You actually must be incredibly comfortable with with who you are and incredibly self confident in your value as a player that you don't feel this need to prove or validate yourself with points or shots or look at me or moments where you're in your center stage. Does that make sense? Like there's a lot yeah, of guys sure. that, that feel like I need to prove my worth by making this shot or taking this shot. Like you, you just must not have that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, to the beginning of the question or, or the statement or whatever, um, I, I keep hearing all this stuff, everything Max saying, all these good stuff about me, and I, he just—I haven't heard much from him directly. <laughs> he, he just, you know, it's just—it's just business when he sees me. He does—he doesn't want to jinx it. He doesn't want you to—he doesn't want to jinx it. He just wants to, you know, it's like just yeah, doesn't he, doesn't want to mess he, with you. You, you know. know, he's superstitious. You yes. know how that works. Right. Let's take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime pals and loyal supporters of the podcast, Pella Windows and Doors. You know, Pella has a window type for every home and every budget. And you might know Pella for its award-winning wood windows, but did you know that Pella also has a complete line of industry-leading patented fiberglass and vinyl windows? Pella's fiberglass windows use a patented Duracast material, more durable than aluminum or vinyl, made from a composite material used in the aerospace industry for its strength, durability, and temperature resistance. It's big time right there. And Pella's vinyl window series offer all the features that make it one of the most energy efficient windows on the market with the same value and style you've come to expect from all Pella products with outstanding structural integrity. Built from multi-chambered, fully welded frames and sashes, Pella's vinyl windows assure a quieter, more comfortable home. Bottom line, Pella's vinyl and fiberglass windows are really, really cool. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And while we're here, let's talk about my good friends at Runza. Got another super secret menu item not a lot of people know about. My friends at Runza are hooking me up, and I'm going to let you in on it. This one's just, uh, you know, this one's near and dear to my heart because it's a twist on the best fries on earth. Runza's Crinkle Fries. It's Runza's Chili Cheese Fries. That's some legendary Runza Crinkle Fries topped with their homemade chili and cheddar cheese sauce. Let me say that again in case some of you passed out just thinking about it. Legendary Runza Crinkle Fries. Homemade chili, cheddar cheese sauce. Oh, my goodness. It's a side that eats like a meal. So there you go. Another super secret menu item exclusively for Nick Bob Podcast listeners. So stop in, order the chili cheese fries and runza, and while you're there, tell them Nick Bob sent you. Okay, back to the podcast. 
I, I grew up in a good household who kind of put others before me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And my parents did an unbelievable job just raising all of us that way. And then it filtered into the AU teams I played with, the coaches I played with, and Coach Skeens when I was young, and then Coach LJ when I got to uh, high school in AU and Coach D. You know, it just kind of – my high school coaches and my, and my foundation with my family and everything just kind of made me the player that I am and just kind of put – instilled the work ethic in me to kind of get to the level of where I can pose like those kind of threats on the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, all that's to them. And I was actually just talking to wrench. I, uh, at halftime and he said something about me shooting a shot that I didn't take. And I passed it to Denzel and I was like, man, that's just, that's just what I am. Like, like, that's just how I I'm wired, you know, like, I don't, I don't really care. Like you said, I don't need to, prove anything to anybody i don't i don't really care because at the end of the day like i mean the, mo- the most pissed off game of the year was when was my highest scoring game you know because right. like we didn't win and i don't care about i don't care about taking 20 shots or two shots or one shot i don't care like i'm just i, I just want to win you know like at the end of the day it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you don't win you could have i think bradley beal had like 60 and didn't win right. i mean i'd be i'd be tight you know like, right right that's just that's just how i'm wired i don't i don't work like that and and I'm good with everybody else getting the credit for something that I did. And I'm good for taking taking the fall when it was someone else's fault. You know, like someone has to do that. And I'm comfortable doing that. Like you said, I'm comfortable in my own skin on and off the court. And that's because of my background and who I've come into contact with and kind of been a I've I've seen people do it the right way. And that's just kind of how I learned. Yeah. And I don't I'm not saying my way is the right way. Sure, sure. Uh, and I'm just saying my way works for me so everybody else has to find what works for them and and i feel like that works for me and that brings success to the team so i'm gonna keep doing that and hopefully get better and 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 perfect work to perfect it and whatever i have to do then then that is i'll i'll take the fall or i'll do it do what we have to do and make the sacrifice so hopefully win the game you know i'm i'm telling you as a God, how, I'm 36. So I'm a 36 year old former player, and when I reflect on my career, and and you know, I mean, basically, unless you're like Jordan or LeBron or like everybody's going to have major regrets with their career, some games, some stretch, whatever. For sure. For you sure. Know, like, I'm not so sure, Mitch, that the moments that I don't regret the most aren't the 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 few little moments where I was a little selfish or I pouted a little bit or I complained a little bit about my shots or playing time, like. I, I, I swear to you, like, I, of course, you think about wins and losses and those things, but, like, I cringe every moment that I didn't just totally give myself to the team and just basically do what you just said and, like, think about just, hey, man, all that matters is winning and everything else will kind of fall into place. So I just, as a former player, I'm just so jealous of your, of your mindset that you have, like, the, the foresight to feel the way you feel in the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, I'm like, I'm not perfect. And yeah. when ever, I mean, you know how it is. Like everybody wants to score 30. Like sure. it's fun. You know, when yeah. you have, when you have 30, it's, it's like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I was getting buckets. I was right. getting busy. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's fun. But at the end of the day, like there's, there's just so many, there's so much to basketball, you know, like there's so many little things to basketball that help winning and losing. And, and everybody looks at points and rebounds and, assists and there's so many things that don't show up in the stat sheet and i feel like i do a lot of those things yep. I, I feel like i feel like i can i mean that's kind of my 
my juice that I bring to the team. And if I don't do that, then I mean, we have a lot of guys on the team that do that, though. Like Dame is, is the same situation. Denzel does a lot of good things that don't show up, and, and we all do. And everybody brings something different. So I just try and excel in that and, and bring something different to the table to hopefully lead us to a to a dub. So, I mean, that just is what it is. But like I said, you can always there's always room for improvement. Sure. Sure. I, you know, obviously you're you're just – you know, we talked about – you're like uh, – <laughs> internally built different in terms of your unselfishness and all that stuff. But ultimately some people become a product of their environment in the moment. And not only are you unselfish, but that's everybody talks about threes and pace for Creighton basketball. I would add unselfishness as like the third pillar of kind of what the identity and culture is of the program. So I want you to kind of give me someone behind the scenes, an assistant coach could be the a manager could be, you know, whoever, is there someone behind the scenes that you feel like is super impactful for help, f- like carrying out all of, of the things that make Creighton Creighton in terms of that unselfishness to you? Oh, 100%. I don't even think it's close. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I, I'd say there's four or five guys, but yeah. the number the number one guy is John McHugh. I yeah. mean, he does. I don't, you know John, right? Yes. Or do you not know John? No, I know John. I know I know John. He's uh, it's he's I I know John very well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say John McHugh just because I mean he does literally everything. Like Creighton basketball wouldn't be Creighton basketball if John McHugh wasn't on staff. You know. Yep. Like I mean, from anything from from getting you gro- groceries to hold you over to get you through the uh, practice, or, right? Or you know, like yes. making sure you're here on time or you have the right stuff, you have the right gear, like. I'm I'm really particular. Like I, I'm a lot to deal with in the sense of, <laughs> like I wore Under Armour like since seventh grade. I it it took me a while to find shoes and like things that are comfortable for me to play because like I don't care what I look like. I just want to be comfortable, you know. And and Johnny caters to like once I find a shoe I like, then I mean he hooks me up and he, he does it for everyone, you know. And I mean this is just this, those are just the little things, right? And then, like he does, I mean, so many things that he doesn't care about anything that he's doing or any agenda. He has no agenda for himself. He, he'll drop everything if you call or drop everything and, and just look to help anybody in the system, whether you're playing 35 minutes a game or zero minutes a game or you're not even on the team. He, he looks out for everybody. So I'd say it definitely comes from him. And then obviously from the top, uh, you got to look at Ras. Yeah. I mean – He's high level. Everybody talks about him, but even the encounters I have with him, he's just, he's unbelievable. And then it just trickles down into Mac and the Huss and the P Lusk. And, and, and we all do it, like, especially over the COVID deal. Like you don't really get how much time and effort your coaches put into game planning and, and just life, honestly, like how much time they have away from their families and everything. And then the COVID deal, they, it really opened up. They were inviting us over to, have dinner and taking us out fishing and just doing all those things just selfless people you know and when you have a when you have a group and a culture like that uh i mean it's hard not to like you said you're it's hard not to turn into a product of your environment and just kind of follow suit so but my number one is john McHugh. yeah john's a man yeah he for people that don't know he's his his title is administrative specialist i'm looking at it online right now but he's a former manager who uh has just like you said through through just being selfless has 
been a guy that you know Greg McDermott's just like, we got to keep this guy around. Like, I, I, we need this guy for the program. And, like, you wouldn't think – it's not like he's doing much from a – bat. you know, he's not sitting there going, hey, coach, uh, side ball screens, let's defend it like – he's not doing a lot of that kind of stuff. But but to make the whole operation go, all the little things, John John is just off the charts at. Oh, yeah. I mean, high level. not Irreplaceable. Like, not not even close. Right. Not not even close. I mean, if you say me as a player, I'm unselfish. He's ten times more unselfish as a human. So, it's high level. That's great. I, I love that. Okay. Uh, th- so, th- this season, you know, I mean, o- offensively here, you guys have been outrageously good the past two games. You hung 89 on Seton Hall, 97 on St. John's without Marcus. Is it as simple as you guys shot it well, or was there something else that that clicked that allowed for you guys to really explode offensively to you? Um, I mean, obviously shooting it well yeah. helps. Um, but I would say, uh, like our our biggest thing coming back from break was just getting our pace back. You know, we hadn't we hadn't been who we were. Um, our our cuts were half speed sometimes, and we weren't we were cutting for us instead of for others and and once we fixed that and kind of worked on our pace and and kind of made it a priority i think since christmas i mean we've been we've been playing better you know we've been better offensively and and when you're better offensively you're better defensively and you kind of you kind of feed off one another you know and like you said you get that gritty stop and then you go out and you have pace on the offensive end then you get a bucket and you try and separate um but I think it's just I, I think I, we go back to the culture of kind of what we do and and how we do it. Um, it like you you have Alex coming in and and Alex had a good game yesterday. Like mm-hmm. he's capable of doing that. And then next game Antoine might have fifteen. Like like that's the beauty of the system we play. Like the ball finds you regardless of what you're doing if you play the right way. You know, like ball stickers, like glue guys, like. Um, that's not glue guys but yeah they got glue on their hands they got the ball sticks in their hands yeah yeah just kills our offense right and and sometimes sometimes and we're all we're all a victim of that sure we all do it you know at times sometimes you just don't see something or you miss something and then you have the ball in your hand a couple extra uh, extra seconds or you or you dribble one time too many and then the play's not there so it happens i mean like like i said you're not gonna be perfect with it but I think the culture that Coach Mack has developed and created at Creighton is unbelievable, and it makes it fun to play in. Like yeah. everybody would, you, you could talk to any of his players, and he'd say the same things just because of the freedom and trust he he gives in you, you know. And we we just have a bunch of things where Huss has even brought a lot of offensive mentalities and kind of yeah. things to work on, and added things to our offense that that just help us help free us up and give us more space to play and just kind of make plays and that that starts from the top with coach Mack and then everybody's just has to buy in. And I think we do it. We've done well so far, just buying into the system. And then, and, and our, and like you said, we didn't have Marcus last game, but it's just the next step mentality and Sharif Sharif's growth from last year to this year is unbelievable. And he did a good job this off season, just kind of staying ready and being prepared for the moment. And you saw him yesterday, he played really well and did his thing, but that's just, that's Creighton basketball. And that's what, that's what Mac has developed here, and it's fun to play for. It's really fun to play for. Yeah, I, you know, you, you you talk about that trust in that ball movement. I don't know if you remember this play. There's a play in the second half. Uh, DJ had the ball on the on the on the block on the right block, and 
he could have he he was one on one. He had space. He could have you know shot a fadeaway. You know done an up and under. You know got a shot up. But yep. he kind of was a little uncomfortable. So what he did is he kicked it out and then he did a sprint out. The ball got swung to the other side of the floor. It was a double ball screen. He picked and popped and he banged a three. Like it, it's it's those plays where it's like just. If you just move it and move yourself and the ball will find you. Like if there was one play, if someone said, how would you describe Creighton basketball? Like yesterday, I think I'd have picked that play. Like just trusting to to move it and that it'll find you. Yep, no doubt. No doubt. And when you play that way, it's just it's it's just fun. Like everybody's involved. Everybody's kind of playing for one another. And and like I said, the pace, when you have pace with cuts, it's just it's it's hard to guard, man. Very. Like when people are when people are moving, like watch Steph Curry. Right. Like, that dude is a machine, and he, when him and Clay are out there together, like they're hard to guard because they move so well, and they don't need the ball. You know, they're good with it, but they right. don't need it to, to make an impact. And and when you see guys like that, you, I mean, it's hard not to see when guys have success like that that we can do that. You know, like we're capable. We have the guys, and we have the pieces, and we have the talent to do that. And it all come together if we just buy in. So I, I don't. I honestly don't remember what play you're talking about, but. I'll have to go back. Go to his second half. Was, yeah, second half. So he's on the right block, and he kicked it out, and he hit a he hit a shot from the left wing. It was like middle of the second half. You you go check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll it's, check. I'll check it out for sure. But and 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 that's cool too because Mac would have been cool with him taking the sure a post taking shot. the shot. Yeah, and and the cool thing is Jeff's mature enough to to realize that, like you said, we're searching for great shots. We're not searching for good shots, right. and. And when you move and you do things and you trust it and trust the offense, then, I mean, good shots turn into great shots. So that's that's the beauty of the system. Let's expand on, on Damian Jefferson here because, I mean, holy crap. Like, he is – he's playing his ass off. And, you know, it's amazing. Last year, like I remember the Nebraska game, they didn't come out of the lane on him. They were like – they were mm-hmm. plugging it up. They were they were playing off him. He, for, for a lot of the season – now, granted, you're so talented around him that you got to have relief somewhere, but he was kind of the guy that people said, you know what, we're going to sag off him and make him score. Well, g- good luck doing that this year. You know what I mean? The guy's shooting like 60% from the floor, and he's proven he can score. Like, what what have you seen with, with, with Damian Jefferson this season? Because he's been outstanding. Yeah, def- definitely grew um, from last year, but he's – He's always been a guy that's like he's solid. Like he's you you know it you know it's gonna come from Jeff. Yeah. And even I mean he's been like that since his sophomore year, I think, personally. I mean, obviously he's doing it at a higher level and he's doing it more consistent now, um, which is nice. But he's kinda like that Draymond Green, you mm-hmm. know? Like mm-hmm. he, he I mean, that's that's not a good comparison. No, I know what like you're saying though, is, just kinda connects everybody, unsung hero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, he I he just kind of does his thing, but I mean, he was, he was there sophomore year. Obviously his ankle was giving him troubles and, and it was, he was drastically different, but when he's healthy and when he's doing his thing, I mean, he's, he is our guy, you know, like, and, and when he first got to Creighton, he was shy and not very loud or outspoken right. and, and, and most of the time, but then in moments he would, he would step up and really press you or, or kind of get, want more you know mm-hmm. but now it's now it's at an all-the-time level you know his leadership has grown and and that's kind of what i look for you know like i want to i want to see it i want to play with guys who when they're shooting two for 11 that are locked in and, and talking and, and and that's jeff you know like that's what he does that's what he brings and we've had countless conversations of just i actually told him yesterday i was giving him my keys 
uh, to the car and I was talking to him and, and I was like, I was like, Jeff, you're my favorite player. And that's, that's just kind of what it is just because I admire the way he plays and, and he just doesn't care. He, he plays, he plays the same way I do. He's just selfless and just wants to win. And he brings that fire and he brings that attitude and that, that just helps us, you know, and obviously you can't say enough about him and you can't say enough about all of our guys. All yeah. of our guys are good dudes and, and that's just what Mac, Mac recruits and, and it's fun. It's a fun, it's a fun culture to be a part of. Couple more things right here, Mitch. Uh, I want to talk about Alex O'Connell for a second. Cause you, you referenced, he played, he had his best game of the season yesterday against, against St. John's. I think he had 16 points and, um, you know, I listened to him in the post game uh, on the radio, and it was like, oh my god! Like he said all the right things, raved about the unselfishness and and the ball movement and all that stuff. How has it been implementing him based on what he's saying? It seems like he'd be a pretty easy guy to to get to kind of play the way that you guys want to play. How has it been with Alex? Yeah, it's been good. When he first got here, um, he wasn't he didn't understand the level of like how we play, yeah. you know, like yeah. of how our system works. Um, but then, I mean, he bought in, you know, he just, he sees that it works and he, he bought into what it is and his growth has been really good. Um, and he, he gave us great looks on scout team just cause he has the ability the athleticism to, to play the other team's best player. And, and he really gives us good looks. And I mean, I knew this game was coming eventually. Like Me too. we were all waiting for it because, right. He in practice every day, like he's solid, like he makes tough shots. He he shoots that thing really well. And I was actually just talking to Marcus like a week and a half ago, like like AO is a killer in practice. Like he's hitting all these shots. Like I mean, his day it's due, you know. Yeah, right. And and he came out and performed. You know, he hit he hit some good shots to go uh, to get him going. And then he just he's explosive and he's athletic and he does his thing. But and and he's still there's there's still a long way for him to go as there as there is for everyone. And he's buying into that, especially on the defensive end. He's, I mean, there's a lot of room for growth for all of us. And he's really taking it upon himself and just kind of buying into the system just because he's having fun playing, you know, yeah. because he, he looks like it. Right. Yeah. He's in a system. He's in a system that fits him. And obviously when you're, when you're out and you come back, it's, it's an adjustment process. And, and especially when you have guys who are already established and have been here that, that are in the starting lineup and taking majority of the minutes, uh, it's tough and you just got to have a good, you have to be in a good mental spot and, and have a good head on you to, to just stay positive. And, and when your number's called, you, you answer and he's done a good job with that. And then the rest of the team has done a good job, just acclimating him into, into the, into the lineup and getting the minutes. So I think everybody's done a good job and obviously it starts with him and just his buy-in and, and I think he's going to be solid going forward. And I think we'll, everyone will see that. Do you think – I mean, the defensive numbers are improved from a year ago. Do you feel like you guys have taken a big step on that end of the floor? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think we took a little step backwards yesterday in the last eight minutes. Um, yeah. We were sloppy. But um, for the most part, uh, Coach Lester's done an unbelievable job with us. Obviously, last year we started to kind of – I mean, that would win us games. Before, when we weren't making shots, we'd lose games. And that's just how it was. But we started winning big games that we didn't particularly shoot that well. And – our defensive leap and our our growth on that end and just kind of team defense, you know? Yes. Is 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 like when we're on a string, we're scary good, mm -hmm. you know, and and we're getting to, we're not at that level where we're there forty minutes, but I mean we're building to that and I think we'll get there. I mean, I know we'll get there. But uh, our
our defensive growth is is huge and and that's why we're having the success that we're having and that's why our offense is so good like like you said you get that dig in stop and and Here you comes. get all the opportunities yeah. in the world on the other end right so, right so it helps and and obviously like we're, sometimes we're undersized and you just got to rebound and, and get it out and go and i think we're doing a better job at that and it's fun it's good Mitch Ballock, this is uh, this was fantastic again. I, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, since you know this year doesn't count for eligibility, if you do decide to come back, can we do like a LeBron James esque decision, like when he decided to go to Miami? Me, you, will be will will be on national TV, and you can you can make your decision with uh, on on live TV. Can we do that if you decide to come? Yeah, back? Heck yeah, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You like I, that? Okay. I, well, uh, you know, we'll, I, I don't think I don't think people care about my decision with uh, like like they did about Braun, but we'll figure it out. Oh, I think I think the ratings in Omaha would be high. Would be incredibly high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to South Beach. I'm taking I'm taking my talents to South Omaha. I'm just staying. I'm yep, staying right. Uh, I'm staying right here. Yep. That's that's what that's I'm what we're doing. The CHI helped us. <laughs> I love it, uh, Mitch Malak. Hey. Uh, awesome stuff, man. Guy, we got like I think nine weeks from today is Selection Sunday, so you know I mean it's a it's a steady it's a steady march to March. So keep keep it rolling, man. It's it's fun watching you play, and it's fun to watch this team play. Yeah, I appreciate you. You're the man. Keep doing your thing out in Charlotte, and hopefully I'll see you in an arena one of these days. There we go. I like it. Thank you, Mitch. All right, have a good one. Appreciate see you, pal. You. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. Ahura Media Production.